Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Welcome to part four of Coming to America, four-part series. Man, this has been a thought-provoking and eye-opening conversation about culture diversity and inclusion. And if you haven't listened to part one, two, and three, I urge you to pause this episode and catch up so you can get the full story. And I'm super grateful for my friends that moved here to the U.S. from Nigeria, Deji from South Korea, Sylvia, and from Mexico, Annette. But now, let's talk. And this it's just that, that tension of living in two worlds. And before I kick it to y'all, I just want to say like, well, I asked the question, then I kind of explain it. Um, how does it feel to live in two worlds and kind of live between two cultures? Um, for example, as a black man, like when I'm when I'm around just my black friends, like I can use um, certain slang, the lingo, movie reference, and I can just say it kind of freely. Uh, and, and and I know that I'll be understood and won't be judged. But sometimes, uh, specifically in my job, I feel on the outside sometimes, and they don't mean it. Like we we cool, but like it would be different jokes or references about the office or about friends. And I just be like, I just know Will. Uh, I mean, the Fresh Prince and I know Martin or one time my supervisor and we laughed about this later, but he was like, Hey, you should take a amen. amen. <laughs> okay. My wife watches friends. And so, but anyway, um, one of my, <laughs> one of my supervisors, hey, Paul, that's what we call, Paul, that's what we call cool and cool. Cool. You know what I mean? Yes. So the folks you work with, they cool. But some of your brothers, they cool, cool. Exactly. <laughs> it it goes to this whole thing of like code switching, like, all right, I'm here. So I won't, I ain't going to say chop it up. I'm going to say, let's converse. And so one of the things that was suggested when I first got there was like, hey, you should take the college students white water rafting. And I was just like, it's my first time working in the mega church. I didn't know how to tell them no. So I waited and talked to my other coworkers that was um, on the or- beside me on the orchestra chart. But eventually I was like, um, I don't want to speak for all black people, but we, we, some of us, we don't do those type things, man. We ain't trying to do that. So all that to say, I want to hear from y'all. Like, how is it just that tension of living in two worlds and between two cultures? I feel like for me, there's not a lot of tension. I actually enjoy it. I, I love getting to get the best of both worlds. Um, cause you get to have both of them, but in regards to tension, not tension, but like, I do have to do what you do. Like, okay, I'm with this group of friends now. Like I, you know, sometimes if I'm hanging out with like my family a lot, or if I'm hanging out with my Hispanic group of friends a lot, and then I go hang out with um, one of my white friends, it, I start speaking to them in Spanish, not like speaking like sentences, but like, I'll say like, a slang or like a phrase that's like funny in Spanish and then I'll forget. Oh my gosh, you don't get this. That sucks for you. Cause this is really funny. <laughs> so I, that's why I enjoy it. Cause I get to like understand both sides and it's not that hard for me to have to like switch it on and off. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the same thing too, right? So if I call Paul, I'm going to say, what's up, bro. If I call my wife friend, I'm going to say, Hey, how you doing, man? You know? So it's just different. You know, you gotta, you gotta turn it on and off because they're going to look at you like, what? 
Like you, you never want to be in a happy moment where you're trying to have a cordial, nice conversation, and that they cannot understand. It's as if you're speaking a different language. So you got to break it down to the language they understand. Um, but um, as far as the different cultures, man, I, I love it and I embrace it. As you know me, Paul, uh, we travel for leisure and we also travel for business. Uh, and the reason why I travel is one to kind of get away from America for a little bit, knowing that I'm not from this country. I wasn't born in this country, and two, just to learn the other ways of life across the world, right? Uh, Sylvia, you talked about South Korea. I was there three years ago. I also spent some time in Bangkok, right? So I go to this place because one, I love food. And two, through their food is how I learn them, right? I, I truly believe culture and food is one in one. In one. And if you can't, if you're not willing to give someone's food a try, to me, you're not willing to give someone's culture a try. That's the way I see it. Um, not only that, as you know, Paul, we're going to be moving in the next couple of months. We're moving to India, um, the whole family, and we're going to go work there for a couple of years. I could have said, no, this is a foreign land. I've never been there. I'm not interested in it. Everything smells like curry. I don't want any part of it. I'm done, right? But I'm like, no, bring it on. I love it. You know, I'll get to go ahead and completely immerse my way. I mean, immerse myself in a, in a land, in a country I've never been in, learn their ways, their people, their food, and just do life with them. So when it comes to this culture thing, I love it. Every opportunity that I get a chance to learn, to eat, and to do life with someone that's different from me, sign me up every time, every day. Yeah, for me, um, it is demonstrated the most by my relationship with my husband, who is a white American from South Carolina. He, the only time he's been out of the country is the Caribbean on a cruise. So um, when we first met and when we started dating, there were a, a lot of arguments that happened because of our cultural differences. You know, whether it be just small things like, you know, the way I interact with my family or the way, especially the way that my mom interacts with me and, you know, the whole culture about respect and, you know, and here it's more about individualism and you're your own person, you're, you know, an adult and don't let your family tell you what to do. And it's like, well, family is a big part of my culture. Like I have to listen to what they have to say. And there was a lot of self-discovery, self-exploration, like learning about who I am as a person, you know, like trying to become the person who God has created me to be, but also trying to be respectful towards my family and, um, you know, and just contain my culture and also like respect that. And so I think that was really challenging of just not, um, you know, just that constant battle of like, well, you know, my, my parents are wanting me to do this. Um, they're wanting me to go a certain uh, career route or whatever, but, um, you know, which is very important in Korean culture, right? You, you listen to your parents, you, you be good, good son or good daughter until you get married, then you're a, your own person because you don't live under the same roof anymore now. But, um, whereas, um, you know, my husband was kind of promoting me to be my own person and, you know, you should do whatever is, um, you know, whatever God's calling you to do and whatever, you know, 
you know, regardless that if this is going to make your parents mad or upset them or put some, you know, roadblocks in our relationship with, you know, our family, that's okay. You, you're your own person. You should be who you are that God has created you to be. And I think that was the hardest part was um, learning to be, be um, who God created me to be, but also at the same time, be respectful because that's my culture and that's what is expected. And yeah, so that's the biggest thing. I love this conversation, man. Just talking about the the beauty of diversity. And I like the phrase that you mentioned and that just like the best of both worlds. Like I want to give a follow up on my answer, give like a balanced approach because in that same office and shout out to Stephen Morris, like he didn't even know this, but he was like dropping knowledge. Like he was just like with financial tips that I just didn't, didn't learn growing up. He mentioned the phrase like house port. Like I didn't realize that, you know, you think it's a good thing when you get approved for this big old loan, but that just means you know, there's more um, interest that you have to pay. And it was with him that it was my first time fishing. So, and that you said it right, we get the best of both worlds. And so let's get practical. And as we get ready to land this fun and diverse international plane, what are some things, and Deji, we'll start with you, man. Uh, what are some things that Christians can do to improve um, race relations in America and also in the church and just promote unity, man? Talk to us. So absolutely, man. Thanks. Thank you for that question, Paul. I think as Christians, we got to hold ourselves to even a higher standard than we do today, right? So, so coming from Nigeria, both Christian and Muslim, you know, we live amongst one another. We walk hand in hand. I think I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but my Muslim friends will come to my Catholic churches, and you know, I will go to their mosque on Fridays because we just saw each other as as a human. We we didn't separate and we didn't segregate because of who you call God and, and how you said God. Um, but we can't be lukewarm Christians, right? So we can't, we can't, we can't pick the book up, learn, learn the Bible from, from the front to the back, right? Know exactly what the commandment said, know exactly how God says that we need to treat one another. But then when it comes to your personal life, you go, I'm going to pick and choose this part of it, right? So if you're going to, if you're going to be a Christian, follow the word, Follow the word is what I'm saying here, because there is nothing in the word that, 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 that promotes hate, that promotes discrimination, right? That promotes to hate one another. It says love. Everything should be about love. So if we're going to stand here and say we're going to be Christians, we're going to go to Bible study, we're going to go to mass, we're going to go to service, if we're going to pay our tithe, if we're going to do all these things, there's still the biggest piece of it, which God is asking us to do is just to love one another. So again, if we're going to go ahead and say we're going to promote unity, it comes down to doing what you read and what God said to do. You've got to follow it. And if you don't follow it, then God isn't happy. You've got to do what he tells you to do. You can't just pick and choose. You can't be a good Christian on Sunday and be a sinner Monday through Saturday. It just doesn't work that way. You can't be a, a Christian for two hours on Sundays and then in your private life where you've got this person that's a little bit different from you down the street, you still don't treat them right or you don't like them or whatever the case might be. So it's like, we can be lukewarm about this. We got to be all in it. I always call it a spiritual battle because in Nigeria, we believe that Christianity is a spiritual battle. It's not, it's not a choice. You either have to pick the light or you have to pick the dark. That's the way we feel about religion in Africa. So you can't, there is no atheist. I mean, what, what is that? You're going to get swallowed up by the dark, right? So you have to pick a side here, right? So for us is when you go in it, you go in it with your heart and soul and everything within you. Yes, they are still sinners. But I just feel like this whole 
this whole thing in America is more like, I don't really need it. In Africa, they truly feel like they need it because they are desperate for some sort of a breakthrough. And they know that it can't be with, with human intervention. So that's the reason why they worship so hard because they're so desperate. So when you start dealing with third world countries, you find, you know, you know, deep followers because they, 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 well, they're looking for some sort of a way out, right? But again, what I was just asking my Christians to be is follow the word and, and live the word and live it every day. Thank you, Deji. We'll go to Annette next. Yeah, I would um, I would relate back to like my experiences going to a predominantly white church. Um, if you're white and you call yourself a Christian, you and you preach intentionality with the people around you, make sure that you're doing that with the people who don't look like you. But the people who are quieter than you, people you've never talked to, the people who, oh, well, they already have their own friend group. You can still invite them because I promise you, living in this country, growing up not Amer- like white American, we feel excluded. We f- don't feel accepted by you. And if you truly want to love your neighbor, neighbor and, and show the love of God, then go that extra mile to not only invite them to the party, but invite them to dance. It's like Deji was saying. And I think that that's the biggest thing that would have made a difference in my life growing up in the church. Like if someone, I obviously was invited to the party, but no one really wanted to dance with me. You know, sometimes I would try and dance with them and it was just like, I could tell they didn't want to. So analyze if you are hesitant to do that, ask yourself why. Like, why don't you want to go up to that person? Why don't you want to be friends with them? Sure, you're comfortable with your own friend group, but I'm sure if another, if there was a new white person, you would be so quick to welcome them. But if there's a new Hispanic person or a new Asian or a new black person, you're like, oh, someone else can be friends with them. So ask yourself why that is and don't let it be that way. Um, I think... You know, going off of what Deji and Annette said, uh, you know, the Bible is very clear about topics of race, topics of diversity, um, topics about discrimination, um, and how we should treat immigrants and refugees. Um, Just do as it says, welcome them really welcome them don't be a bed and breakfast welcome open up your home right you want to be you know you you want them to feel actually at home enough that they can put some nails on the wall and put the pictures of their family up on the wall um truly befriend people who don't look like you who don't talk like you who don't think like you, not because it's just, you know, what I'm supposed to do, but because you genuinely want to get to know them, just like your friends who look like you and who talk like you and who think like, like you and ask questions, give them an opportunity to speak, ask them about their experiences of, you know, 
being a minority, being an immigrant. What is it like? Um, it's actually interesting. Uh, my husband has an accountability partner who is an Asian American and, um, uh, he just kind of asked him, you know, how has your experience been being an Asian American, um, in this country now that there is a lot of racism against Asians, um, due to COVID-19. And he just said, oh, thanks for asking me that. Nobody has asked me yet. And it's been months since COVID started when he had this conversation. But just opening up the opportunity to say, hey, I want to listen to what your perspective is like, because obviously it's not the same as mine. Um, just opening up the opportunity to um, talk and listen and actually learn and take actions on what they can do to um, change. Another very important thing that you can do for your immigrant friends is to vote. Us immigrants can't vote, right? You as citizens of United States of America need to vote and educate yourself on things that would matter to your immigrant friends. What's the, you know, this candidate doing uh, in terms of immigration policy? What's um, their stance on, you know, racism or things like that? Just, um, I think that can be the biggest action you can take if you truly, truly care about your immigrant friends and immigrant brothers and sisters in Christ. I love all of that. And I love how you said that, you know, somebody took the time to ask you that question. And that's why I'm grateful for uh, a couple of my coworkers, um, Jeff and Leonard and Scott, like when different um, events will happen as it relates to, you know, black people and police brutality, like they will always just, you know, poke the head in my door and say, Paul, how are you doing? And that, um, that means a lot. It goes a long way. And so the only thing I would add to that is honest conversations to get to know each other and not conversations to win the argument. And, this is real people, real talk. So I'm gonna keep it real with you. Um, if you don't like diversity and if you don't like people that don't look like you, you're not going to like heaven. You're not going to like heaven. I got to get this off my chest, man. Don't allow a mission trip to be the only time that you post about a black or brown person. Yes. Go on that mission trip and minister to those people, but get to know the minorities in your community. I remember being in school, can't remember if it was my undergrad or in seminary. And for those who don't know, seminary is a school for uh, ministers and pastors. But um, they were saying to the people that wanted to be missionaries um, in, in Asia, they was like, okay, who are the Asian people that you're getting to know right now? Don't just wait till you go across seas before you get to know them, but get to know them right now. And that offends you, um, I mean that in the most loving way. And so we're going to end on a high note. We're already on a high note. We're going to end even higher, man. I just want to hear from y'all. And this is where I'm going to be quiet and, and hear from you. What is, and y'all alluded to some of this, but just want to exit uh, more specifically. What has been some of the joys of being here in America? I can jump in first. Um, I would just say the opportunity that has afforded me and my family, right? So, um <clears throat> 
we migrated from Nigeria for a reason, right? There, there was value in the educational system here, at least in the collegiate level educational system here in this country. My father went to University of Tennessee in Knoxville as an international student way before we were born. So he saw the value in the United States educational system. And when we were born, he, he did everything in his power along with my mother to ensure that his kids came here to, to learn and to educate and, and give ourselves this, this opportunity. Um, so it's, 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 it's a flawed system, but it's still a great country. So we can't only just continue to highlight how horrible it is. The reason why we are, I would say, highlighting or, or bringing to light some of the flaws we have is because we expect better, right? So there's some countries that they don't expect better because that's just what it's been and it's always going to be that way. And it's unfortunate, but we know that we have a system that can work and can work for everybody. And when you see people raising and rising and protesting is because they expect better. So don't ever take that as a, as a bad thing or America is, is broken or, or America is, is, is messed up. And I, I truly don't want to live there because people are still dying every day to get a chance to come and live in this country dying, doing everything that they can to come and live in this country. And before it gets better, it has to get worse. And this is where we are. But we can't quit now. We need to continue to put the pressure on and we need need to continue to fight. But as long as we are hopeful that we can get better, then all of this is worth it. And I know I said I was going to be quiet, but before we go to you, Sylvia, um, you mentioned protests and protesting and, you know, when it's done the right way, but that's one of the most American things you can do. Hashtag Boston Tea Party. Hashtag we are America and not Great Britain. So that's one of the most American things that we can do. So, Sylvia, let us hear from you. Um, yeah, uh, I think, like Deji said, you know, the American dream, you know, the education system here, obviously not perfect again, um, but it has allowed me to uh, go outside this kind of like this framework that Korean education system has where they're super selective and super um, elite study. And also, you know, where, where I am able to, you know, get, these higher degrees that I would have never imagined doing if I was in Korea. And also another big thing, um, learning a new language and being a different culture has made me a lot more resilient and also adaptable to a lot of different situations. Um, And, you know, also Korea is a very homogenous group of people. So having appreciation for diversity through all the friends that I was able to meet during my time here. Um, and also, you know, God using my time here and my immigration process as a way to know about him in a personal way is huge. Um, I'm just so grateful that God has used that. Um, and, you know, Finally, my husband, who has been a huge support, you know, helping me learn more about American culture in a way that I didn't think that I would, um, and just so supportive and just helping to have these conversations with 
both, you know, my white circle of friends and my people color circle of friends. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think one of the greatest joys of living here is getting to have such a diverse group of friends and getting to experience or learn more of their cultures as well. Not just, not just like white culture and my own Mexican culture, but I've gone to learn a lot about Asian culture. I've gone to learn a lot about um, other kinds of cultures. And so that's been really cool. Um, if I was still living in Mexico, I wouldn't like some of my favorite foods are like, for example, like pad thai. Like if I didn't live here and be friends with a certain friend, like I would not have been able to experience that deliciousness. Um, so just like things like that. And then also um, it's been a joy being able to find people like me here, you know, that although like, like y'all were saying, like, even though this country does have some work, it is still a good country, you know? There are a lot of great people here, and I'm really thankful that I've been able to like find my family in church, outside of church, at school, at work, and so just being able to like relate to other people, like you guys in this podcast, it's been a great time. Um, but yeah, I would say that there there's a lot to be thankful for and a lot to enjoy um, with living in this country. But those are just some of the things um, that I want to highlight. And I echo that. Like I am a proud American. You know, I said I want to. Sometimes they want to put labels, or you're Black American, African American. I'm just a proud American. We know this country is not perfect. If there was a country that was perfect, um, I'm gonna stay out of it because I would make it imperfect. And so, this has been an eye-opening conversation. And part of me is like, I, as as your friends, I'm sorry I waited this long to have this type of conversation with you. And but it's been eye-opening. And I'm super grateful for you, Sylvia. I'm super grateful for you, Annette. Super grateful for you, Deji, for uh, just sharing your stories. And I just want to encourage the listener, press through the discomfort, press through the awkwardness and have conversations like this. It it will bless you. And got to leave you with um, some dope words um, by somebody, by a man by the name of Paul, but it's from the scripture. Um, Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Never forget that there's many members, but one body, and we are certainly better together. To the listener, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that this conversation has enlightened you and stretched you. And if this is your first time listening, I want to encourage you to start with episode one and binge this great content as we talk about relationships, we talk about mental health, we talk about networking, and so much more. So I often end each episode by saying thank you and God bless in English. But today we're going to include with my guests saying thank you in their respective languages. Muchas gracias. Dios los bendiga. Oh, Shell, Oluwashion. Kamsam Nida, Hanan, Gazetang, Shinichu, Hashigate.